Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast brought to you by Huey Insurance. We have a 95% customer satisfaction rating. Now that's an impressive stat. For a better insurance experience, think Huey. Welcome to the NRL Fantasy Podcast, Tuesday team list time. Chris Kennedy in the studio with Richie Kenzie, who's backed by popular demand to take you through all the big ins and outs. Richie, thanks for uh, filling in once again. Thanks, Chris. Good to be back one more time, and uh, thanks for the kind words. No worries. Now, let's get cracking into some changes. Uh, it all kicks off on Thursday night when the Sharks take on the Panthers out there at Shark Park. Uh, a few little changes. Probably the biggest headache in terms of the Sharks for fantasy coaches is Andrew Fafita, who has been named. Um, Sharks seem to think he'll play that minor hamstring niggle. Uh, it's a short turnaround. I'm not quite yet confident that he will play, um, so it's going to cause some captaincy conundrums for a few people. Uh, elsewise, Paul Gallen back at pushing uh, Jack Williams to the bench and uh, Braden Ueli into the reserves. Um, Richie, uh, what do you take on uh, the Sharks at the moment? Well, obviously they're not in red-hot form. Uh, I believe they've dropped the last two, um, and I wonder if that's going to have an effect on whether they risk for feature or not. They probably need to get a W. Um, that said, uh, last weekend, yeah, a bit of a torrid time for a few of their players. Um, Bronson Sherry, uh, low 20 score. I think people who brought him in would have hoped for a bit better. I mean, it's not a disaster. Mm, it's very close to being a lot better. I think he had two mm. Britain Acora line breaks that he was backing up on and couldn't quite handle the... The sharp pass, so he's you know, probably a, a few fingertips away from a, a better score. But, yeah, against the Roosters, who are the best defensive team, you, you're going to get that with young attacking players, I guess. Yeah, no shame in it at all. He was, as you say, very close to probably 40-plus. Um, same deal, I guess, with Sean Johnson, who had his quietest game of the year, uh, 35. That's, again, not disastrous, but obviously below par for a guy who's averaging around 50. Um, he'll bounce back. Um, yes, and uh, elsewhere, um, Kurt Capewell, uh, who was mm. in a few people's crosshairs, maybe as a sell, you know, at around the 450k mark. Obviously, a very reliable centre scorer, sort of scoring the high 30s, low 40s. Uh, turned out his best score 60 plus on the weekend, so um, you're probably feeling a bit sheepish if you did pull the trigger on that one. But um, look, he's definitely the hold. Um, we're not sure what's going to yeah. happen with him long term, but uh, you know, with that 60 in the rotation now, he's got plenty more money to make. And yes, last of all, as you say. Um, well, there's obviously Britton Nakora who just keeps on popping out mm. ridiculous scores. He's, he's right up there with um, uh, John Bateman as the, the top-scoring centre for the year, and he's just just um, rolled gold. And yes, for feeder for the owners, and I think that's quite a lot of us, um, it'll be a wait-and-see before kickoff. Yeah, the advantage there is that the Sharks are the first team uh, in the first game, so we'll know before lockout um, whether he's playing or not, which can help us make some uh, captaincy decisions. Uh, Penrith have made a few changes. One of the changes is they now have one captain instead of six captains, so they've decided on uh, Jimmy Tamo is going to be the uh, the way forward for them, which is, I think, probably a sensible move. Um, not too many fantasy-relevant changes, I don't think. Wade Egan comes back straight into the starting side, bumping Sione Katoa to the bench. Uh, Tim Grant gets his first start of the year. He's a prop with uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard dropping to the interchange, who's been probably a little bit down on what he's capable of so far this year. Um, in fantasy terms, I can't really see too much outside of Nathan Cleary that you'd want in your team at the moment from, from Penrith. No, Egan is uh, is quite cheap, and I had a look at him at the start of the year. I mean, he's, I think he's around that 300k mark, about a 20 average, but there's just too much uncertainty with the back and forwards yeah. of their, uh, their hooker rotation. Yes, as you say, really look at the side, obviously... Um, 
Dylan Edwards has had a pretty torrid time of it. Um, DWZ, Wotini uh, Selesniak down at fullback is, is probably not the answer for that position either. Yes, Cleary as an owner, uh, first 50 of the year on the weekend, just over 50, uh, 52 points. Uh, more of what we want to see. Um, he has shed quite a lot of cash now, so um, if you're on the lookout for a cut price half, he's obviously got form for um, you know high 50s average. Um, if he's fit and kicking, then I'd probably give him one more week and um, yeah, give him some serious consideration. Well, his kick metres in general play crept up. They were uh, extremely low the week before, obviously carrying a groin niggle. They were uh, still well down on you know sort of career long-term averages, but uh, they, they were up, so I think he's easing back to form and he's absolutely a top-tier fantasy keeper in the, uh, in the halves when he is fully fit. So I'd be probably inclined to, to hang on to him because you, you know he's one of the, the sort of guys you want in your 17 through the back end of the year. Um, Good Friday, second match of the round, the, the traditional clash between the Dogs and the Bunnies. Um, dogs copped a bit of a bath last weekend from the Dragons, which was uh, ended up being pretty bad news across the board for a lot of their fantasy guys. Um, Richie would have probably copped the sting somewhere along the way. Sure did, yes. Uh, like I think quite a lot of others, I was seduced by the uh, Jaden Ockenbore break-even around the minus 20 last week. Um, I'd committed all week to going sort of one downgrade, one upgrade. I decided to take the double downgrade. And, um, yeah, sadly, Jaden was on the uh, wrong end of a pasting, as were the rest of his teammates, you say, um, mid-teens, which takes a bit of the shine off the uh, the break-even. Um, I think he's still around the zero mark or maybe maybe three or four or something. Low singles, yeah. Yeah, so he's, he's got another chance to atone if he can put a good score together this week. Um, you know, wait and see. He, he did jump nearly 50K, so it's not all bad news. Aiden Tolman uh, and also... Uh, Lachlan Lewis both had, I think, season-low scores in the 30s. But, Correct. I mean, that was, uh, you know, an absolute schmozzle, that game for the Dogs. They were just um, yeah. second all the way through. And, uh, yeah, I mean, when you're on that end of a, um, a hiding, then you can't expect the players to do too well. Uh, I think uh, Ofahiki Ogden, one of the few shiny yeah. lights, is going to go up prop. Um, pretty much a, a PPM through very limited minutes, uh, both last year and earlier this year. Just about maintained that with the step up in minutes. I think it was 39 points in low 40s minutes. So yep. um, if that's a sign for the next four to five weeks when, when Napa's out, he could be a bit of a, a low-end cash cow. Um, not really one to, to rush into your team, though, I wouldn't have thought. A bit risky, yeah. Mm. Uh, you're on Aiden Tolman as well as I am, aren't you? Yeah. Yes, I am. Um, look, I, there wouldn't be too much to worry about, as I said. I mean, you'd think actually in the game that they played, they might have had um, more to tackle. Uh, he's still got his standard sort of 50, maybe low 50s minutes. Mm. Um, just he, he started uh, pretty sluggishly with quite a few, I think, two or three missed tackles and an, uh, an error in there. And uh, after that, he had toned quite well. He probably just uh, missed out on getting a second stint towards the end of the game. Um, certainly no need to panic. He's, he's normally good for about 45, which is um, perfectly acceptable for the price tag. I've certainly got him penciled in as a sell in the next sort of pre-origin upgrade period. Um, but he, yeah, he's certainly not a sell just yet. Taking a look at the Bunnies, um, they were a bit up and down, I think, last week. Obviously, uh, Damien Cook and Cody Walker posted some mammoth scores with plenty of attacking stats, but their, uh, their forwards were a little bit down as they uh, eventually came home over the top of the Warriors. Yeah, uh, Cameron Murray is, I guess, the one most people are talking about. Um, we really were spoiled the first four or five weeks with him just being, you know, having some kind of attacking return in those, I think, the first four games. I think his low was about 55, 56. His high was 64. I mean, that's that's super primo sort of scoring. Um, you're not going to yeah. keep that up indefinitely. Um, same deal with uh, Sam Burgess, who's yep. just sort of coming off the high of the first two or three rounds. I'd, I'd say basically you, you've, you've basically nailed it. Four tries to Walker and um, Damian Cook heavily involved at a dummy half. That Those two guys basically took the attacking stats that the, um, the former two we mentioned were getting um, in the first few rounds. 
Yeah, both those teams pretty much unchanged. Um, South with the same 17 as last week. Obviously, the you know the post Greg Inglis era starts now, but he was already uh, missing due to injury. So it's uh, Cole Turner and Dan Gagai in the centres for them. Good score for Ethan Lowe off the bench as well. I think that's his second decent score off the bench. But again, he's, it's it's um, a bit chancy if you want mm. to include him. Yeah, he's been handy for them. But uh, yeah, I'd be very cautious about taking a punt in fantasy. The um, probably the match of the round on Friday night, the Storm up against the Roosters, first v second. Really, really looking forward to this one. Uh, kicking off with the Storm, I think Suliasi Vinavalu comes back from a, uh, a one-game suspension in place of Shandor Earl, who had a, a pretty tough night in terms of the, the ball handling last week, otherwise pretty much unchanged. Um, but not a huge amount doing fantasy-wise. Obviously, Cam Smith is a, a lock and load captain if you've got him, but otherwise there's not too much to, to catch the eye. No, pretty much the same story we sort of rattle through every week. Uh, Cameron Munster just keeps doing it. Um, yep. Over 60 on the weekend, he's just everywhere in these games um, and would have been brilliant if you started with him. Um, Brody Croft, again, another underwhelming score. Cameron Smith, I just had a look at his numbers this morning. He is threatening to drop below $800,000 um, as a price tag. And basically, if that happens, I mean, that's a bargain for Cam. That puts mm. him sort of probably closer to what he's averaging now. I think he's averaging about 56. Um, sub 800 grand is about, you know, 56, 57 average. Um, you're not going to get Cam much cheaper than that. It's very he's consistent, yeah. Probably got a sort of 75-point score coming up. Um, so that makes him quite appealing now. Obviously, Origin's not a factor for him either anymore. Uh, yes, and that's pretty much yeah, um, all she wrote with the uh, with the Storm. As you say, grand final rematch, going to be a cracker of a game. Mm, had a few questions in recent weeks about Delphinuk and who was showing some elevated scoring, but he was sort of back to back to type, I guess. He's a very consistent, very good player, but not really ever been a fantasy standout. He's had some uh, mm. increased numbers in terms of his busts and, and metres this year, but I think um, you know, those high 50s, sort of scores are a little bit elevated for him. Um, taking on the Roosters, who um, just keep getting it done, they were only really good for about 20 minutes last week and were still far too good for the Sharks. Uh, Teams-wise, Jake Friend still missing. Victor Radley passed his HIA, so he's uh, at hooker again, um, although he did just get, I think it was 18 in 63 minutes last week, so if you're still hanging on to him, he probably could be a sell sooner than later. Um Jared Wiyahaga is back at prop with uh, Isaac Liu suffering a broken finger and set to miss a couple of weeks. Thoughts on the Roosters? Yeah, I mean, just a seriously good footy team. Um, for their back line, um, always potential for good scores. They've just got so mm. many points in them. Um, they're, they're tremendous in attack. Um, James Tedesco, um, just back to doing what James Tedesco does the last three weeks after a slowish start. I noticed Latrell Mitchell is in if not the top five, certainly the top ten most owned uh, player teams-wise this year. And I just I find that a bit peculiar given um, there was a few cheaper options at um, at centre this year. But um, yeah. he, he, I mean, he's still very, very handy. And if he gets on a bit of a tear, gets a few tries, he's, he's going to be one of the sort of the top three or four scoring centres this year. Just You've got um, Britton Nakora and um, John Bateman, as we mentioned earlier, who probably a little bit ahead of him. But um, he's obviously a fan favourite and um, mm. a tremendous player. You've already mentioned, obviously, Victor Radley's uh, struggles. Probably the one to talk about, uh, Chris, is Angus Crichton. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, had that breakout game in, in round four, um, scored a try and bumped, pumped out 62. And, you know, we thought at 160k worth of price drops, now's the time to, to jump on. Now, I, like a lot of people, had bigger fires to put out than, than bringing in cut price primos at that point. So I, I dodged a bullet because he only got 35 on the weekend. He actually, if you, if you didn't watch the game, he got subbed off um, just after 60 minutes with 24 points next to his name. And it was only an HIA that got him back on the field for the end of the game and up to a, a more 
sort of serviceable 35. Yeah, I'd say last week a few um, pearls of wisdom. I think I maybe we collectively doled out, maybe didn't come off for various reasons, but um, I recall we both did say just wait another week on uh, on Crichton. He doesn't mm. look like quite the same dominant prospect he was at South. One good game, yes, um, boosted by a try. Um, yes, if you've bought him now, you're really probably just hoping he just hits 50 regularly, but um, I just think there's something, a t- tweak in role or something, the mm. minutes, it's just still a bit murky with uh, with Angus, as good a player as he is. Yeah, I think one thing that's worth mentioning, when he was at Souths, um, the left-edge second row was John Sutton, who's uh, probably more of a creative player, a, a yep. good offload, a good structure player, whereas now the left-edge second row is Boyd Cordner, who's... Um, Had a boomer himself last week. He, he sure did, but he's a huge focal point in terms of their running, the, the hit-ups, the battering rams, he's a 150-metre-a-game merchant, and that that takes, I think, a lot of the um, the load off Crichton to, to cart the ball up, and that's where he gets a lot of his points from. So I'm just a bit worried about him structure-wise, whether he can ever get back to that sort of scoring while he's opposite Boyd Cordner. In, in this that. lineup, yeah. Um, not much else to mention there other than just keeping on um, the judiciary on Tuesday night, Joey Manu challenging a charge, so it could be a uh, still be a, a scratching pending how that goes. The um, the next game of the round, the Warriors up against the Cowboys, two teams that have been a little bit underwhelming of late. Um, p- probably a improved performance from the Warriors um, in terms of some of their previous games, but um, Roger Tuovasa-Shek was the, the man there just in absolutely everything. He's just, you know, maybe it's a bit harsh to say carrying the team, but he has just been their star performer when there hasn't been a lot of other shining lights. And in a fantasy perspective, just punching out some huge numbers. He's um, clearly Chip's leader in the uh, in the wing fullback stakes. And um, mm. yeah, just he's a joy to watch when he's in this kind of form. Um, probably one of the ones we did get right last week was saying that um, Chanel Harris Tavita, after yep. a fifty point or fifty plus score in round one, um, would have made his new owners very happy. I guess I'm one of them. I suspect you are too, Chris, yep, and a lot of other people. Forty two points, um, good return. Again, he's got sort of um, uh, you know a pretty uh, well rounded game. Does quite a lot of stuff, um, and I would say that maybe forty plus a week is a bit too much to hope for. But he's certainly the kind of guy you. 30, 35 should be, you know, not beyond him, and that's um, that's great from a cash cow perspective. Mm. We started pretty slowly in terms of his scoring um, last week. I was worried we were going to be sitting on a, a mid 20 score by the 80 minute mark, but he uh, he picked his socks up. Worth noting that Blake Green was a late withdrawal um, with a groin strain in that one, yes. so Harris Tavita was sort of forced into a bit more of an organising role than I think he would have been prepared for, and that probably took the shine off his uh, his running game a bit. Now Blake Green's named uh, this week, although uh, obviously check the late mail because he's not a 100% star just yet. Um, probably the last guy to mention before we move on is Lachlan Burr. Who I knew I was, that was coming. Yeah, I know. We were both a little bit, um, you know, bearish on to start the year because I think we've been, both been burned by him in his time at the Titans. He was, you know, used to come up with a few missed tackles in and out of the team and did not see him producing anything like the sort of scoring that we've seen or, or the sort of price rises that we've seen this year. Yeah, I think we've mentioned every week for the last three now, but um, it's almost like he's listening out there, Lachlan. Yeah. Um, that was 60 plus on the weekend, a stack of tackles. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, without having the numbers directly in front of me, he's definitely in sort of the top three cash cows for um, money earned this year. And yeah, I mean, personally, I think he's, he's a real bolt from the blue, but, um, you know, tremendous work if you got on him and he just keeps getting better. Mm, he's been around for a while, sort of plugging away in reserve grade. Like he's sort of a bit of a known quantity, but he's, uh, he's enjoying a real breakout season at, mm. uh, I guess, borderline mature age by NRL standards. Uh, Cowboys, they um, led for a lot 
last week against Melbourne, but uh, got run down at the end. Um, plenty of problems for them across the board. They've lost, um, you know, their back line already lacking a bit of spark and a bit of zip. They've lost Nana McDonald for probably most of the rest of the season to a shocking ankle injury. Uh, hands a recall to Justin O'Neill on the flanks. Uh, and Scott Bolton, after a uh, disciplinary suspension, took him out of the first five rounds. He's back uh, in the 17 pumping, uh, pushing uh, Corey Jensen into the uh, the reserves list. Uh, fantasy-wise, is there much here worth chatting about? To be honest, just looking through the 17, they're probably one of the more fantasy-irrelevant teams going around at the moment, um, mm. the Cowboys. I know I um, pumped up the tyres of um, Jordan McLean a couple of weeks ago, and I think he's responded by putting <laughs> in some subpar scores. Um, Michael Morgan's the one that most of us would be focused on. Um, again, he's been very good. I think he had one quiet game around two or three. Otherwise, he's been good for, you know, 45-plus. Um, started at, you know, probably a 35 average, but he's... Um, pumping out points in excess of his price tag. And that's pretty much it. Jordan Kahu, um, I know personally it's going to be Sayonara to Jordan from my team this week. Um, I think he's still he's still quite high in the ownership stakes, but um, Very high, yeah. a lot of other attractive options are um, presenting themselves the last couple of weeks, this week included, so um, I suspect I won't be the only one. Mm. Last few weeks he's sort of been eking out a few grand a week and his break-even sort of hung around the teens, but I think his break-even's up to 20 and he's every chance of underperforming that. Nothing to write week. home about. Probably time to, uh, to say goodbye. Uh, the next one is Dragons up against the Seagulls on uh, Saturday evening. Um, Dragons were sensational last week. Didn't carry through to a whole lot of outstanding fantasy scores. Um, oh, there's a couple. There, there were a couple. Um, the, I mean, the main one's Ben Hunt. I don't know how many teams he's in. He's, uh, he's probably, I think, about 5% ownership. So well done if you, you jumped on him. But that's, uh, that was the score of the year with, with 98. And um, Corey Norman actually plugging along quite well as well. And uh, I noticed Cam McInnes is now actually above his original starting price after looking like he was going to be in for some price drops. Yeah, a few people worried about his minutes earlier in the season. Yeah, they were the two I was obviously going to mention, um, McInnes and Corey Norman. Norman's been a bit of a star with the boot at the end of the game um, mm. in the first five rounds. But um, yeah, Ben Hunt. Not as fantasy relevant as he was in years past at the Broncos. I think his ownership's quite low, as you say. But um, my word, they look like um, they look like sort of premiers in waiting. And I know a lot of people say this about the Dragons at this time of the year. They have a bit of a habit of starting um, in pretty electric form. But um, yeah, I think people just expected more of the Dogs last week after they, they ran Melbourne very close down in um, uh, down in Melbourne. So yeah, look, they've got um, they've got plenty of guns in the team. Um, they look a pretty uh, pretty enticing proposition. The Dragons, uh, Michaeli Ravalara is someone a lot of us started with. Again, for a guy who scored tries in a few games um, as an owner, it's a little bit frustrating seeing you know thirty five seems to be his ceiling. Yeah. We're sort of hoping for a you know a fifty plus sometime, but he is you know jumping sort of ten grand a week on average, fifteen grand. Um, he's a hold for now. He'll probably peak in the next couple yeah. of weeks, particularly if he, he puts in a quiet one, and. Uh, uh, Paul Vaughan was uh, one player I know who was on track for a decent 50-plus score, and I think he just came off maybe with 15 to play in the game. Yeah, well, he sort of he was pretty fresh into his second spell, I think, when he came off. His minutes have basically been going up every week or creeping up every week, and they were probably on track to go up a tiny bit further when he came off with that ankle injury. Uh, not thought to be in doubt this week, so if you're hanging on to him in your fantasy team, don't stress there. But, um, yeah, that's the re- he's still got, I think, 47. So um, Good score. Could have been a lot better. Um, they've also got two of my regrets of the year in the <laughs> forward pack. One because I do own him and one because I don't. Um, Blake Laurie is a bit, little bit in the Lachlan Burke category. Just I was going to say the very same thing. Expectations, yeah. But um, Jacob Host, I think it's probably time to sell as well. Yes, I think this is definitely the week to get Host out. Um, we'll, we'll speak about Brisbane a bit later, but I think you'll be hearing um, Haas for Host a fair bit from, <laughs> from fantasy coaches this week. But uh, yes, uh, as you said with... Um, 
can't remember who it was earlier, uh, might have been Jordan Carr, who hosts as another guy whose uh, minutes have been constrained to about 35, 40 now with the return of some uh, some cattle. And uh, he looks like low to mid-20s is probably the ceiling at, um, at those minutes. And his break-even is approaching or has reached that level. So I'd say now's a perfectly good time to move him on, take your 100 grand and say, see you later. 100%. So they take on the Sea Eagles, who um, were surprisingly good given the uh, the absence of Tommy Turbo at the back last week. Uh, Daly Cherry Evans, the, the star for them, just absolutely getting it done, both in terms of NRL and t- in terms of fantasy. I think since a quietish round one, he's averaged 73 over the last four games, which is just sensational. Um, Jake Travojevic is as consistent as they come. Um, prop forwards both getting a, uh, a fair bit of work done, although Fanua Blake is facing a, a two-game suspension. We'll find out a couple of hours after this podcast is recorded whether he's going to be around for the next two weeks or not. Yes, the holiday for Fanua Blake may have some <laughs> trickle-down effect on uh, Marty Tapao. Uh, last time he was out, I think Tapao was good for about 55. Um, but as you say, Fanua Blake's been uh, one of probably the surprise packets this year as well. Cherry Evans back to uh, leading the stakes in fantasy half terms. I think his average is uh, it's it's into the 60s now. Mm. Uh, 75 last week, he's been uh, outstanding. Uh, Jake Zabojevic, again, um, as solid as they come, pretty much a walk-up 50 every week, maybe not too many more scores above 60, but he is just rock solid. Um, and as an owner, good to see Corey Waddell uh, back up to a low 30 score on the weekend. Previous week, obviously, had an unwelcome meeting with Sam Burgess's hip <laughs> and I think was um, checked out for about five that week. So I had a look at his break even. It's back down to teens, low teens. So if yep. you do have him, uh, another 30 this week should get him uh, back on the right track. Probably the last one's Ruben Garrick, who's uh, sitting in my non-playing reserves and seeing him score a try and get into the 30s was welcome. bit Same similar boat. to uh, Ravalawa, really. He's getting a try without really getting any big scores, but scraping together some price rises, which is better than nothing. Uh, 2 p.m. on Sunday, the Titans take on the Knights. Um, Titans coming off very much a morale-boosting win. Um, few issues to talk about in terms of their team selections. So both uh, Tyrone Roberts, who's had a Achilles issue, and uh, Ash Taylor, who's got a bit of a knee issue, have been named in the halves, but the um, the bench utility. AJ Brimson's out for a couple of weeks with a broken thumb. Philip Sammy comes into the fold for him. Um, also a change at prop with uh, Shannon Boyd returning from a hamstring issue. Jared Wallace out two weeks suspended. Fantasy-wise, um, Jai Arrow was great. Uh, apparently minor injury, uh, not in any doubt this week. Um, Ryan James showed exactly what he's capable of when he gets big minutes in the middle. Um, anyone, anyone else catch your eye on the, the Titans lineup? Yeah, James is a tricky one. He has been for me over the last couple of years. When he's just going straight up the guts, um, yes, as you say, he's very capable of um, monster scores, 70, mid-70s on the weekend, but we've seen him trot out 80s, 90s, and I think he's cracked the ton a couple of years ago as well. Might have even done it twice. 20 something was his, yeah, two tons, and he, I think he might have briefly been the top score, but it's 120 odd against He had a monster two try job with about 15 tackle busts in there. He's certainly got it in him. Um, the problem with him is just his effectiveness when he's moved to the edge, which happens quite a lot. If you mm. knew he was going to be operating through the middle 26 rounds a year, he'd probably be one of your first picks. Um, as you say, yeah, Arrow's been great since his quiet game a couple of weeks ago. Bryce Cartwright, um, again, just chugging along. Um, I, th- I would say by and large, with the state of people 17s now, um, there's normally a few uh, black spots where you've got to play an inexperienced winger. Uh, Cartwright's safe enough to include in your teams, most certainly. I think he's probably when he's playing 80 minutes in the second row, even with a spate of missed tackles, he's still going to get you 30 odd and, and, and 40 plus when he's um, a bit more consistent. So, yeah, they've got a few players. Um, 
the Titans who are, who are relevant. And, um, yeah, a few of them tick along. Mitch Rain's another one. Um, yeah, true. If you don't have him now, are you jumping on, Chris? Well, I really wanted him the week that Nathan Peets got hurt and I just had too many other problems. I think that was the week that Dylan Brown and Adam Kieran both um, went missing. Um, and I couldn't get him last week because I needed Harris Tavita and ended up buying Ockenball, which I regretted. So I still haven't managed to jump on uh, the Mitch Rain bandwagon, the, the Rain train. Um, I don't think it's too late. I think he's still underpriced um, for what he's going to produce uh, and given how long Pete's is out. But uh, it's probably starting to get to the point where you're just paying for what you get um, pretty Yeah, soon. I think price is around the high 30s, 40 average. You're probably still getting... Um, getting overs in terms of his points production. I think in the two weeks I've had him since the week you mentioned, I think he's pumped out two mid-40s. Um, we know he's good for 55-plus if he mm. really you know, um, gets tackling and, and they're busy in defence. Um, I agree with you. I think you could still take a punt on him, although at his price um, there might be some more attractive options uh, on the horizon. Yeah, not too late, but um, yeah, pretty reliable. Uh, looking at the Knights, they've been um, pretty disappointing for... Four weeks running now, they uh, really got jumped by uh, Manly at the start of the game last weekend. Uh, Fantasy-wise, it's probably pretty much the um, the Ponga show. He's had two really good scores since getting moved to, to fullback. Um, was probably a buy last week. I don't think his price moved too much. He's, Dropped, uh, actually. Yeah, he, he just underperformed his break-even despite a, a pretty good score. But yeah, he's probably primed now. But again, he's uh, unless he has a, a huge score, his price isn't going to get too far out of reach this week. Yeah, I think, I mean, last week he was a borderline by a break-even around 50, which he, you know, I think he dropped two grand, so nothing, no great shakes. Uh, yep, uh, after going Ockenball myself last week, I think um, Kalen will be joining my team this week, and I'd say a lot of other people, if they didn't grab him um, in the last week or two, that now's a good time to strike. Break-even, I think, is down to about 43, 44, yep. which coincidentally, looking at um, earlier this morning, that's what he's priced at now. So for a guy who finished last year averaging 10 points better, um, if you buy now, you're getting 134. $4,000 discount in the starting price and uh, that's good enough for me. Just one more. Um, mm. I've mentioned him again the last few weeks. I know what you're going to say. David yeah. Clemmer. Yeah. <laughs> 67 minutes. He hasn't missed a 60-minute game in five starts. Um, his his uh, error rates, uh, missed tackles, penalties conceded, mm. it's just non-existent. I think he's had um, in all three of those columns maybe six demerits in five games. Mm. He's just playing like a superstar and um, yeah, point a minute on the weekend. I think he's it's two back-to-back high 60s and um, Priced about fifty, but again, that's ten points of unders. So he mm. he looms as the year's biggest breakout. I just I didn't see that much upside in him to start the year because he was such a go-to man at the Bulldogs last year, and he's making you know two hundred meters a game. And I thought, where's the extra points going to come from? Well, his minutes have gone up, and his tackle counts are pretty much doubled. He was making seventeen or eighteen tackles with you know the likes of Aidan Tolman in that. Bulldog side and now in this night side he's making sort of well over 30 tackles a week and, and like you said just not missing tackles not getting penalised not dropping the ball and I think his offloads have probably climbed a little bit as well. So, yeah a little bit. Um, I think his, his tackle low count from what I saw earlier is 33 and in four of the five games where he's had 33 or more tackles he hasn't missed one so he's just yeah. something's clicked uh, might be a new coach um, we've always known he's had a good work ethic, but um, you know I think he's really a, a real leader of the club now. And um, you know the fact that he, I don't think he's had below 62, 63 minutes a game suggests that they want him on the park pretty much at all times. Mm, it's basically him and Fafita, and then the rest in terms of front rowers. Is he's just a tick behind, and they're both averaging about 60. Mm-hmm. So if you jumped on him at the start, you're doing pretty well. Uh, the game after that, the Raiders up against the Broncos. Um, should be a good clash. This Raiders are uh, probably one of the form teams of the competition. Your uh, Raiders towed up my eels. 
on uh, on Sunday night, which is a bit disappointing. Um, in terms of fantasy, they are pretty much unchanged other than handing a club debut to uh, JJ Collins on the bench with the very unlucky Joseph Tarpany out um, for an extended period with an ankle injury. Fantasy-wise, should we talk about John Bateman again, like we do every week? Yes, <laughs> How yes. good is he? <laughs> uh, yes, very, very consistent. Um, again, I think um, I think the previous week he was 15 at half-time, finished with low 50s. Same deal on the weekend. I think he was barely 20 at half-time and managed mm. 56. He's just, I think he likes the back half of games when he's obviously fit as a bull. Um, yeah. Yeah, again, it's just another week, another lament, um, not having him, but um, it's very hard to see um, you know, him not being the top scoring centre of the year. I mean, he'd be right up there in terms of yep. second rowers, which is obviously his real-life position, but that he's available at centre means I think we're all just praying that he stays fit. And um, if you don't have him now, certainly, you know, pre-post-origin, you'd be looked to include him. Yeah, absolutely golden. Um, elsewhere in the side, Chancical Clockstat keeps going pretty well at uh, fullback, creeping up towards 200k in price rises and certainly a viable top 17 for the uh, foreseeable future. And Joey Leilua, who was uh, a real must-have centre a couple of years ago before coming off the ball last year, I think that's a uh, three-round average of 50 and two straight 50-plus scores. So, I mean, it's a bit of a wild card in a position where there's plenty of better options, but he's, uh, he's going all right at the moment. He sure is, yeah. I've never quite trusted Joey. Yeah, um, so but uh, I, I, a couple of years ago, I remember when he was churning out sort of those 60s and Whopper scores, he, he does have a single figure, you know, mm. uh, always lurking in the background. But, um, you know, for Raiders fans, um, when, they're, when they're back five, as you mentioned a while ago, Leipana and, um, you know, Kocha, Croker, everyone's firing. Um, it looks good. I was going to say, Chris, it wasn't just a win. It was, I think we shut you out. So uh, yeah, didn't, ex- didn't expect that. No, nor did I. Um, they take on the Broncos, um, another team that's um, been a di- bit disappointing. Uh, in terms of team changes, they have lost Matt Lodge for one game with uh, some kind of throat injury that he picked up last week, but he's expected back. Um, what that means is that Payne Haas, who was sensational last week, his first game of the year, shifts to prop. Uh, David Fafita comes off the bench to start at lock, and Gehamat Shibasaki joins the interchange. Uh, it's really the, the Payne Haas show at the moment. Well, I think it's just it's a given that he's going to be the most traded-in player um, during the week. And a cautionary tale as well, um, it's always worthwhile keeping your eye on final teams. Um, some of the more attentive uh, chaps in our comp and elsewhere, I know a lot of people did actually spotted his late move um, uh, to the 13 jersey and snapped him up. Not everyone started him. Maybe that's a little bit ballsy, but um, last week was a great time to get him. Mm. Uh, I think he's jumped 55, 60K over that's the weekend. Move, yeah. Still very affordable. Um, Two maybe two ninety ish, and that's you know that's a nineteen average, and I think he made forty five tackles on the weekend. Yeah, unbelievable. So you know he's not going to get sixty five every week, but if he gets a go at you know prop or you know a decent sort of fifty minutes stint in the forwards, then he could close go close to point a minute. You'd say it's a curious one. They've got um obviously Tabita Pango Junior will be back next week after serving his two game suspension. Now if Pango and Lodge are both back. Um, you know, Lodge and Joel Fangawi at prop, Pangai at lock. Where does that leave Payne Haas? Does he go back to the bench? Um, don't have an answer to that question at this point in time. You'd think he's, um, you know, Anthony Seabold was crying out for Payne Haas and his team those those first four rounds and they were getting pummeled around a bit. He, he wants him on the field, but um, whether he's, yeah, going to get any, anything like those 64, 65 minutes moving forward and everyone else is available is a uh, another question. It's a real jigsaw, actually, and it's, yeah, I, I would say that, as you said, the noises that um, Seabold made about having Haas around and the fact he shifted him straight to straight to lock in the first option, um, you, you'd feel pretty confident bringing him in that he's going to get a good opportunity to make money and score you some points. Um, 
a few other relevant ones there. Thomas Flegler, I know a handful of us started. Um, he's been a slow burner. Perhaps he gets a bit of a go this week. It's it's a possibility. Yeah. Um, Matt Gillette looks a sell uh, Definitely. under all circumstances now. And the last one who a few people are talking about this week is Jack Bird, who is, I think, on three weeks now with you know a 40, then a 30, then a 20, and he's been bombing tries for fun. Um, mm. He's getting close to peaking, you'd say. Well, he's, cert- he's peaked now if he doesn't get back to his round one, round two scoring, and his break-even's up to the high 30s. Um, so if he's going to keep getting 30s and 20s, then he's going to start losing some coin after making a- an awful lot in the first few weeks. Um, I don't think I'm going to sell him this week. I'm kind of optimistic that he's going to, uh, you know, rekindle a bit of that attacking spark. He's had a lot of demerits the last couple of weeks. As you mentioned, he's dropped tries over the line two weeks running to go with uh, quite a few missed tackles and and errors otherwise. So, um, yeah, if you don't rate him as a keeper, this is probably not a bad time to sell him. I'm sort of hopeful he's going to come back to a bit of scoring. And probably the last thing to mention there, Katoni Staggs, who's incredibly popular for a guy Mm. who started the season on the bench, um, named to start at centre, but just be aware that James Robert He's lurking in the reserves, eyeing a comeback from an Achilles injury. So another one to keep an eye on the late mail. Uh, last game of the round, the first ever game at Bankwest Stadium. Can't wait for this one. Uh, Eels up against the Tigers. Um, Eels obviously shut out last week against the Raiders, and um, you know with very little possession going their way and, and plenty of errors, it was um, pretty calamitous across the board for their fantasy scoring. Uh, team-wise, they've brought in Oregon Kafusi, Ray Stone on the bench with uh, Kane Evans and David Gower. Dropping out. Yes, well, I don't think uh, most people expected it to be so one-sided. The Eels game last weekend. Um, they are a decent team this year, and you know, for um, four of the, the six, well, four of the five games, they've been pretty competitive virtually all the way through. Um, and against uh, fantasy relevant players, there too. Um, one of them who was probably not is Jamin Salmon, who yeah. uh, turned in a very, very low score on the weekend, I noticed. And as you've already touched on, Mitch Moses, Cliff Gutherson, a lot of these guys who've been um, pretty handy thus far um, below par. Sean Lane actually kind of bucked the trend somewhat. Mm. Um, a lot of people were um, sort of panic selling him out last week. I think he put up about 50. Uh, but again, I don't I don't know that he's long-term. He's probably an answer for you. Um yeah, and uh, Mike Acevo, another one as well, who a lot of us probably clenching mm. our teeth when uh, he had a late try, which would have pretty much doubled his score, I think, disallowed for a forward pass. That was unfortunate for his owners. Yeah, that was frustrating. Uh, he's another one who's sort of pretty much peaked unless he gets his scoring back, I think break-even in the mid to high teens yep. uh, this weekend. So if he can crank out another 50-plus or a, you know, a 70 like he got against the um, the Roosters in round three, then he's going to reignite those price rises. But uh, until such time, his price is probably going to hover about where it is. Um, worth mentioning Reed Marnie, who got, I think, 48 points in 70 minutes. Now, it probably would have been 80 minutes had he not had to go off for an HIA. Uh, again, four forwards on the bench and no utility, so you'd think, um, barring injury, he's set for another 80-minute performance. He's a hold until there's a utility, I'd say, yeah. Yep, for sure. Uh, final team to dig through, the West Tigers. Um, pretty inspiring uh, try for them in, in Golden Point against the Broncos last week. Plenty of uh, confidence to be taken out of that one. Fantasy-wise, um, for me, well, Robbie Farah is the, the top-scoring player of the year, which I didn't see coming after um, you know this many games. But he's uh, absolutely vintage attack and defence, huge you know tackle loads, plus um, plenty of tries and try assists in the early rounds. And uh, I'm sure we want to talk about Alex Twile and Luke Garner. 
Yeah, a few more. I agree with you on, on Farah. Personally, I thought he was probably a bit long in the tooth in fantasy terms, but um, wow, he's just been a revelation this year. Yes, Alex Twal is my, probably my favourite player to talk about at the moment. Yeah. Um, I think he's he's jumped a bit this week. He was in 4% of teams last week. I think he's mm. jumped a couple of percent since yet another. I mean, he's in the Clemmer category. Um, another big minute performance and a, and a score to go with it. Um, his points per minute, I had a squiz at this, is 0.96. So basically, every minute he's out yeah. there, he's, he's chalking up a point um, and again since round one he's had a minimum of 53 minutes a max in the high 60s I think it is we played 68 minutes unchanged last week he started the game at prop and he finally came off 12 minutes from time having Ab- played the whole time at prop absolute beast um, still very competitively priced I think averaging 55 now so he's just that tier below um for Feeder and Clemmer, but he's been another breakout story of the year. Uh, I am seriously considering him not this week, unfortunately, but maybe next week if you can mm. do a trade down next week and you've got the money. Uh, the, the signs are looking pretty good for, uh, for Alex. He's, he's just such a, a busy player. Um, Ryan Madison, probably more a picture of consistency than just explosiveness, <laughs> but um, did he score 51 on the weekend, Chris? I, I missed his I score. I think he just missed out. I think it might have been 48 or 49. I don't so know in front of me, but he's right about that mark every week. And Luke Garner, obviously... Um, probably thumbed his nose at people who sold him last week. Yeah, well, it, was, it always looked a premature sell. He'd, uh, he hadn't had a single score under 47, and then he you know, slipped to 29, and everyone sort of wants to jump off. I thought he had more to go, and yeah, so it's proved with uh, a really handy score to get those price rises moving again, so he's definitely a hold for now. Absolutely. Shall we get cracking on some questions? Let's... Um, I might just start off. We've had a, a couple about um, dual positions. So Damo Lenahan's written in about um, getting Payne Haas getting DPP. Now, since that question was written, we've seen the team list and Haas is obviously named at prop. Basically, um, this is not a you know it's not my decision who gets made DPP, but the the policy is um, there's a sweep done at round six, round twelve, and round eighteen, and anyone who's clearly missing you know what should be one of their positions can have it added in. Provided they don't have two positions already, so someone like Jaden Ockenbohr, who's playing on the wing, but he's a dual position centre and second rower, he's just stuck that way for the rest of the year and that'll get reassessed. Next year, someone like Payne Haas, Offahiki Ogden, these guys who might be second rower playing prop or a front rower playing lock or whatever it is, are probably going to just miss out. You're going to need at least three games, I think, in your, your new position and and solid evidence that you're going to continue playing there. So there'll probably be a few. I think Tamari Martin might pick up wing fullback and um, there's one or two others um, floating around, but you yeah, don't get too excited about Payne Haas at this stage, I wouldn't say. Um, on to some more uh, team change type questions. Uh, let's have a look at Michael Smith writes in, I'm looking at trading out Jack Bird and Victor Radley for Kalen Ponger and Payne Haas. I think I'm pretty happy with those. Radley has to go. Jack Bird can be sold. Haas is almost must-buy and Pong is a big upgrade. I think both those make perfect sense, to be honest. Uh, Bird, you could try and hold another week or two. He, the chances are, uh, in recent form, um, he will probably drop a bit of money this week. Probably not a lot. Um, he's, it's certainly sort of... He's been a reliable scorer the first three weeks. The last two have been a bit disappointing. Um, yeah, I've got no objections to those trades. Mm. Uh, Alessandro Tolocca writes in, uh, should we be concerned about Sam Burgess's recent scores? His scores earlier in the year were boosted heavily by tries. I'm going to say the scoring that he's putting up now is kind of what I expected him to produce playing out wide. Yeah, 100%. Uh, at the start of the year, a few guys in our comp uh, had him. I thought it was a bit of a specky move. Um, certainly paid off early, but I think 
Again, he's one who probably his, his rampaging best fantasy days are probably a few years behind him. Um, he should get you 45 long-term, maybe even high 40s, might mm-hmm. even push 50. But I think those sort of 60, 70-point scores, um, they're not going to be routine. Mm. I'd say, yeah, I agree with you. He's, you're getting more of probably what you should expect now. Yeah, he'll have a 65-plus every you know four games or something. Yep. But I don't think it's enough to, to really be worth holding him on, on current evidence. Jordy uh, Bevis writes in, uh, got 450k spare in the bank, not sure who to bring in, looking at hosting Kieran out. Yep, agree with that. Uh, looking at Damien Cook and Harris Tavita in, can't argue with that either. Yeah, I'm just doing the uh, mental arithmetic in my head. 450 is a pretty good war chest. Um, Cook is setting you back 900 grand now. He's, I think he's still 60k cheaper than he started, but he's picked up a bit of money. Uh, Harris Tavita with that 40 on the weekend is now probably about 320, so he's gone up a fair bit in two weeks. Um, I mean, I would suggest that you've, I mean, you've missed some good money already, but uh, mm. Harris Tavita's still a buy. Still got a bit to go. Yeah. yeah, I mean, unless something goes catastrophically wrong and he loses his spot, um, I think they're good trades. Yep. Roy Boy writes in, thoughts on Wade Egan getting a starting spot at Penrith. We sort of touched on him earlier. I think there's far too many question marks. He can score well, but it's just a bit risky for me. Yes, I wouldn't pull the trigger on that one. No, I agree. Uh, Alex Cleary says, I've had Jerome Hughes all season thinking about trading him for Ponga. Good trade, or should I trade Jack Bird for Ponga? I'm probably happy with either of those. Jerome Hughes has been good, but I don't think he's quite keeper level. I'm not sure he's got a lot of money to make either. Had a good game on the weekend. I think yeah, it's just, 56 or something. Yeah, he played very well. Um, I think... Basically, with your final 17 that you're building towards during the year, you're looking for consistency more than anything. Um, obviously, Jerome Hughes is the kind of guy who can score very well, but he's probably not going to pump out those sort of 50-point scores with the regularity of a Tedesco or, um, you know, a Tommy Turbo, if he's fit, certainly a, um, a Kalen Ponga. So I think you really want to prioritise the guys uh, in your team long-term who are going to hit sort of... 50 or 45-plus regularly. Mm, Yeah, I agree. Uh, Excessive Artist is thinking about trading Michael Morgan for Calum Ponga. Cowboys' form is a concern. Um, I think Morgan's an absolute hold, and the the concerning form of the Cowboys is sort of thrusting a lot of pressure onto Michael Morgan, who's become a real... Well, not become, he just is a real focal point for them, which is probably good for fantasy, if anything. Yep, I agree with that. I think um, surely people have probably got bigger issues than trading out a guy who's who's averaging 45-ish and capable of getting 50s, and he's still, I think, priced at only around the 40 mark. Um, there's some decent cows to pick up right now, and there's obviously some uh, underpriced guys who are scoring um, well over their averages, you know, um, Ponga being one of them. So mm. I'd, I'd probably go down that path. For sure. Nick Hudson writes in, has Jack Bird peaked? Um, as discussed above, yes, unless he uh, gets back to some red-hot scoring. Thinking of trading him for Payne Haas, uh, again, that's not too bad. Um, his other problem is Jacob Host looking at trading across to Ofahiki Ogden. Interesting one. Yeah, we yeah. discussed this. Um, Ogden probably... It's round six now. At best, he probably gets another five or so games yeah. uninterrupted without um, uh, mm. being forced out of the side. And that's assuming he keeps a spot until Mapper gets back already. So, Which isn't a guarantee. Um, I like what I saw from Ogden on the weekend. I did kind of consider him previous week, but there's obviously uh, more attractive options. I'd say the same applies here. I think you certainly want to get Haas into your life before you get Ogden. Um, yeah. If you really need the cash and you're desperate to downgrade and the rest of your 17 looks pretty good, um, he's one to consider. Yeah, absolutely. Wayne Bow Connection writes in um, some confusing questions here, but I'm going to struggle through it anyway. Should I keep Isaiah Yo? 
Uh, Panthers seem unreliable and he's always injured. If so, should I? Sw- if not, should I switch him for someone like Elliot Whitehead? Is that better or should I pick up someone like Corey Waddell? Lots to unpack there. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I would probably say with Isaiah Yeo and Elliot Whitehead, both of whom are very good footballers, um, they're not the kind of guys you should be aspiring to long-term unless you have a particular fixation with having them in your team. <laughs> um, they're, they're both in that middling category in terms of fantasy scoring. Can yeah. produce big games, but... Um, in their positions, you know, there's a lot more attractive options. Um, I, I, yeah, wouldn't be looking at them as, as people to pick up. Corey Waddell, Chris? Uh, if you were on him from game one or game two, sure. I think you probably missed the boat given the, the scores that he's putting out. I don't think there's enough upside left to be worth two trades to get him in and get him out. That injury a couple of weeks ago sort of uh, put the brakes on too, which yeah. is another factor. Even without, I, I think there's probably better options at the moment. Agreed. Um, Liam writes in, should I play Ockenbohr this week? I would say ideally not in the 17 unless you really are having issues with your bench. Fraught with danger as last mm. week showed. Um, I mean uh, after what he did against Melbourne in Melbourne you thought oh this this kid's bulletproof he's going to score well anywhere but um, yeah probably I mean not entirely his fault he obviously had some woes under the high ball um, mm. there's probably a few chinks in his game still um, the problem is when your team's getting smoked if you're a winger you often just get left out of the play and I was willing him to get the ball in his hands but um, mm. just not that many opportunities so uh, the way the dogs are playing really you know um, blowing hot and cold, mm. I would not be starting him if you can avoid it. If you can help it, yeah. Uh, Chris Smith writes in, he's looking at uh, Damien Cook and Payne Haas into the team for Andrew McCulloch and Victor Radley, or the second option is Angus Crichton and Callum Ponga in for McCulloch and Blake Laurie. Well, I don't like the second trade at all. No, the, the second lot don't sound so good. So Crichton, as we've discussed, is probably too much of a risk at the moment in terms of mm. his output. Ponga yeah. is yes. Yeah. Uh, McCulloch, a lot of people have discussed in the last few weeks, he's still going okay. He's just treading water in the high 40s, basically. He's not an urgent sell by any means. Um, I, I don't know why you'd be selling Laurie. Certainly he's no. um, been just a huge moneymaker and is still getting the minutes that can, can get him those 40-point scores. So. He's borderline a, a keeper in the, the 17 until Corbin gets back at the, on current evidence. So, yeah, don't, don't worry about selling him anytime soon. Cook and Haas are a yes, though, if you can afford 100%. it. 100%. Yeah. Bevan um, Moyes, is Sean Johnson to Callum Ponga a good trade? Sean Johnson's been injury-prone and inconsistent. Thoughts on that one? Yes, we discussed this before the show. Um, obviously, the 35 on the weekend was... You know, it could be a season-low score. He, he occasionally... I mean, halves, they occasionally have, you know, off games where they don't get involved as much. Um, Injury-prone, missed one game this year. Uh, short notice, which was a bit of a pain for his owners. But um, just on a bit more reflection, he has had a bit of a checkered injury history the last three or four years. But, I mean... You're banking on a recurrence of that. This season, he's looked, he's looked A, good form, B, he's only missed mm. one game, and it's, I, I wouldn't be trading him out by any means. Yeah, I thought he'd have a slow start for four or six or eight weeks. He had a slow start for one week and then banged out two really good scores before missing one and then running into a really hot Roosters side. I wouldn't be uh, worried about Sean Johnson at all. Uh, Thomas writes in, do you think it's a good idea to not have Andrew Fafita as captain in case he's a late withdrawal? Well, as we touched on uh, when we are doing the teams, they are the first team, so as long as you're able to get near your phone or computer at uh, you know about 7pm on Thursday night, you can make a decision when you know for sure if he's in or out. But even having said that, I'd be a little bit worried about captaining a guy who's coming in with a, a cloud over a hamstring injury. I was going to say the exact same thing. There's just an inherent risk that it could tweak again. He finds yep. himself off 20 minutes in the game and you've... Um yeah, shot yourself in the foot. There's there's probably plenty of other guys in your team who are you know likely to get fifty. So. 
maybe go off them. Uh, Killian Armini only has two viable captains in his squad this week who are James Tedesco or Marty Tapao. Ooh, interesting one. Um, my natural reaction is I, I don't like captaining wing fullbacks just because mm. um, the tackles are the safest commodity, I think, in, in fantasy. Um, wing fullbacks are really risk-reward. I mean, Tedesco yeah. could get you 90, but he could get you 20 or 30. Um, Tapao, I think, has had... Four scores in the three scores in the mid fifties. I think a sixty, and I think his quietest game this year is maybe a forty-five. On um, the weekend, yeah, yeah, a, a forty-five is not. Actually, I think he had a forty-eight earlier too. But I mean, a forty-five is not disastrous. Mm. Um, if that's his low, it probably you know I think Tedesco's low in round one, which was an anomaly, was eighteen. But I, I think um, the the second rounds and props are a bit safer than the wing fullbacks. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Daniel Sorich wants to know is Ryan Sutton from the Raiders a buy now that Joe Tarpany's gone for a three to four months. Surely John Bateman stays at second row. I think John Bateman will stay at second row, but I'm not seeing a whole lot of upside in Sutton, Rich. Yeah, I mean, for a uh, for a Raiders fan, I probably should know a bit more about him. Um, I know you said earlier that mm. his his average is sort of you know 30s. He mm. he's certainly not a Bateman in terms of you know. Um, being super involved um, he's a bit more of a stodgy player from what I've seen um, again I feel like he's going to be one of those kind of mid maybe mid to high tier kind of guys who again good footballers but um, you probably want to aspire to guys who are going to average 50 plus in your in your 17. Yeah, and as someone who's clearly not a keeper you're talking about two trades to one to get him in one to get him out and you're going to make enough money in that time which I don't think you are. That's a no yep. Yeah, uh, Simon Evans writes in who's the best buy out of Angus Crichton, Alex Twile and Ryan James. I think we're probably going to say the same thing here. Yeah, I'm on the uh, the Twile train, certainly. Um, looking at still about 10 points of overs in terms of scores compared to Price. Um, Crichton, a risk. Uh, and Ryan James, again, if we just knew that he was going to be in that mm. spot week in, week out, um, he'd be a lock. But Once Shannon Boyd and Jared Wallace are both there, does he go to an edge? Does he, what happens to his minutes? Yeah. And he, he's one who really seems to fall off a cliff um, when he gets moved to an edge as well. It's unusual, actually, how mm. much of a variance there is between his scores right up the middle and, and on the edge. So. Yeah, 100%. Um, Sam Adam writes in, is it worth keeping Jake Friend until he's back, possibly next week, or is it time to buy Damien Cook? Well, he's been out for so long already. Is that 92 in round one seems a really long time ago now. I'd be personally looking elsewhere it's tough if you've held this far you've um you've yeah. shown a lot of a lot of faith and fortitude um i i do worry a bit about his maybe being a bit injury prone as well i don't know if that's justified um i feel like he's he, he's a wholehearted player and i feel like he's one of the most likely candidates for an hia on, on any given week he's just such a you know a gutsy player um has big scores in him uh, i i'm just not convinced he's going to be in the top three hookers by the end of the year either I think mm. the way certainly the way um, McInnes is going um, aside from you know the big two uh, mm. uh, you could possibly spend your money better elsewhere yeah no I'm in- inclined to agree um, I'll wrap the questions up there there's a few more but there's a fair bit of overlap with the ones we've already covered so I'd everyone sorry to everyone we didn't get to um, brings us to the end of another podcast Richie thanks very much again for joining us Chris has been wonderful. I understand uh, Dom is not far from her return from paternity leave, so I'm happy to uh, hand back over and uh, thank you again. Much appreciated. So obviously keep an eye on NRL.com for all your fantasy news. We've got the uh, weekend preview show on Wednesday, Lone Scout Fantasy Q&A on Thursday, obviously all your late mail every game coming right through. Uh, Jamie Soward podcast on Friday, Steve Renoff podcast on Wednesday. Uh, Keep an eye out for all that, and thanks again for joining us. 